What's going on guys? Welcome back to Network Chuck. Yes, I was late because I was making coffee get off my back. <laughs> and I'm, it's finished now. Um, anyways, we're talking about the three skills you need for the cloud. Now I want to clear this up real quick. It's not that there's, you can't just go get the cloud certifications like Azure, AWS, GCP, Google Cloud. You can't just go and get them, expect to have a job. You can't ex expect to walk into a place and go, I'm clouding now. That's not how that works. Cameron knows. Cameron, if you don't know Cameron, Cameron's my brother. What's up, guys? Say hi, brother Cameron. Just did. Okay, cool. <laughs> Let me know real quick if y'all can hear me, because this is weird. This is new for me. Um, anyways, so we're going to talk about the three skills you need for the cloud. Now, Cameron, if you don't know his background, he uh, started on the uh, on the help desk, got mm -hmm. his A+. He went forth and progressed through networking, became a network engineer, focusing on wireless, which he hated. <laughs> and, uh, and then he got his AWS certs and moved into a cloud engineer role, which is what he's currently doing now. And you love it. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> he likes it. <laughs> still, still fairly new, but getting used to it. Still a lot to learn. <laughs> um, one of my guys said, uh, if Yatu said, that's the kid from the cinnamon challenge, right? <laughs> yes, it is. Unfortunately it is. <laughs> <laughs> in case you guys don't know, I did have the original cinnamon challenge video on YouTube. So in case you were wondering, you're welcome. And he was eight years old when I made him do it. Um, that's fantastic. Yep. Anyway, so Cameron, three skills you need. Let's start with skill number one. And this is not cloud related specifically. It's complementary skills you have to bring into the cloud that can help you do your job better. Right. So skill number one. The skill that I definitely lacked in whenever I first started in cloud, uh, I would for sure say was Linux. And I know that everyone's going to mm. say, Chuck's talked about it a lot. You should <laughs> learn Linux. In reality, if you're going to the cloud, you definitely need to. Because a lot of app teams and a lot of people run things on Linux. So it's really important to know how to use it, use the command line. If you're not going to be using like Ubuntu or anything whenever you're using Linux uh, in the cloud, you're mostly going to be using like Red Hat Enterprise. So you have to know the command line and know how to use it very fluently and connect to it and everything. And just so you know, when he says Red Hat Enterprise, uh, for people who are trying to learn Linux, CentOS or CentOS is the free version, the open source version of Red Hat. So if you want to get your hands on with Red Hat, download CentOS, CentOS, CentOS. I don't know what to call it. CentOS. Is it? I, I've heard CentOS. Every, I don't know. People, people on Linux are weird. Um, but even in AWS, you can launch free tier servers with uh, Red Hat and the newest versions of it. Now Amazon. So Amazon. If you, if I, I posted a video Friday talking about Amazon and and launching. Uh, an EC2 instance, which is their virtual machine platform in the cloud. And I launched an Amazon Linux version, which is their own little flavor of Linux. What's that based off of? I honestly don't know. I think I remember seeing it actually being Red Hat, to be honest. It's possible, but we don't use it in our enterprise environment. We, we only use Red Hat, as far as I know. Okay, interesting. Now, in, in Red Hat, it is an enterprise version, so it's similar to Microsoft where you will have to pay license fees, and then you'll get support for that as well. That's where Red Hat Linux really comes in and, and shines. Um, so let's talk about Linux. I've talked about Linux a lot. In fact, my, my video where I said everyone needs to learn Linux just hit a million views. So <laughs> that, that just means you have to learn Linux. That, that's what that means. Um, so how did you learn Linux? So how much Linux did you know before you came into this cloud job? I, I knew very basic Linux from what I had just taught myself, just mostly playing with like, uh, Ubuntu or just a small little like the WSL it's built into Windows, uh, maybe a little bit of Kali, but really I knew nothing other than what I had Googled to learn for little projects that I did by myself. 
Uh, and then whenever I started it in the position that I am now, I went and did um, the A Cloud Guru course for the uh, Red Hat Certified Systems Administrator because I needed to get really like I needed to get deeper into it if I was going mm. to actually work and administer servers that ran Red Hat Linux. Uh, so how did you finish the course? How did it go for you? I finished it. Yeah, it was definitely something that I wasn't used to coming from uh, using Windows my entire life, as well as being a network engineer probably like a couple weeks before that. <laughs> so it was definitely a real big uh, shift in mindset for me, to, for me to learn that. So I would say it was more difficult than I would have liked it to be. But once I got to the end of it, I definitely understood Linux way, way better going into my new position. So that's what you used when you first started trying to learn Linux. So now with your job, what are you doing now to learn Linux and to kind of build your skills up? A lot of it's just uh, actually doing it. Uh, I, I get a lot of tickets and stuff to administer things with Linux, whether it's maybe some type of database running on Linux. Uh, we don't we don't always use like RDS for um, in, in Amazon Web Service. We only use like the relational database service all the time. Sometimes we actually have to run a database on an EC2 instance. Uh, so I have to deal with it a lot with that. Uh, setting up groups, setting up users. Now, let's back up for the people who don't know what that what the junk you're talking about. So when you say RDS, the relational database, you're talking about Amazon's app you could run for their database in the cloud. Right. Well, what do they call that? They call it the relational database Oh, they just call it, okay. it's called, Yeah, it's called, it's called Amazon RDS. Original. Out of all their stuff. They, <laughs> and then they choose RDS, which is confusing with remote desktop services. Well, it's because they want to make that one sound boring so that they can actually advertise their actual flavor of um, database services like... Um, Amazon Aurora, which is like serverless, and DynamoDB. So they want you to use their stuff that they sound makes sound really cool, but instead of using something else like MySQL or something like that, they want you to use their stuff because it sounds cool. <laughs> yeah, and, and all the cloud providers, including Azure, have their own uh, database as a service, which is what it's called. They've, they've got their, where you can just simply load it up, man, load it up, and it connects to everything. I believe uh, Azure is called Azure SQL. Um, so you're, but what you're saying is you actually run your own database, whatever it might be, MySQL or whatever, inside a virtual machine. Right. Like well, what you do on-prem. Yeah. So a lot of the times we would migrate whatever type of database we had on-prem, and we migrate them into the cloud. And they just run that on an EC2 instance, which is completely possible and supported. Anyways, we're getting off topic. So Linux, <laughs> <laughs> database, download, there you go. Linux, uh, so it's really your day-to-day. -day. So right now, it's whenever you encounter a task, you just have to figure that sucker out. Yeah, a lot of Googling. Because <laughs> Linux, or help from other people who really know Linux. We have some real Linux gurus on our team, so it's good to have them on there. But a lot of the times you got to think, okay, I really have to learn this myself, so let's just start Googling everything. So you're always going to be Googling a lot of stuff no matter what you're in. We're getting texts from our family right now. Cool. Move that closer <laughs> to your face. People are having a hard time hearing you. Oh, there. Okay. I'm going to scoot that over. Okay, we're good. Um, so anyways, uh, learning Linux, what would you say is... Uh, so you, you went through A Cloud Guru, right? Would you recommend that for anyone now? So let's say someone's like, okay, I want to go cloud. I want to get my AWS certified systems architect associate <laughs> five thousand. Uh, which, by the way, if you want to get that, <laughs> I just released a course um, with Anthony Sequera and David Bomble. It's ten dollars right now for like the next twenty four hours, I think, and then it goes up again. So check it out. Link below. Um, so what would you recommend for someone to learn Linux now? Would you uh, recommend that same course? Or? Yeah, I, I, I totally would. I would definitely recommend uh, A Cloud Guru for um, anything Linux. They have a lot of courses for Linux. Um, I'm sure that if you don't want to pay for their monthly subscription, I'm sure they probably sell it on Udemy. They you typically sell a lot of their courses uh, for like one flat price instead of paying for 
like an extended month to month thing. Um, but I'm sure there's a lot of places that have it. You got Linux Academy, which is just actually acquired by A Club Guru. Mm-hmm. So they, I think they probably absorbed that course as well for like the Red Hat Systems Administrator. Um, and then also, I would recommend the course I'm about to make, but it doesn't exist yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make a Linux stuff, so be looking for that. But yeah, if you want to learn it right now, because you know how that's how I feel about right now. Right now. Um, a Cloud Guru or um, the Code Academy has some Linux stuff too. Like they have a bash. Yeah, yeah, they, they they do have some stuff with Bash scripting. Yeah, which get, get your get your feet dirty, get your hands wet. Or let's say that backwards. Anyways, just do it. <laughs> um, so Linux is one of the primary skills. Um, how, how would you how would you rank that? Like, is that one of the skills you use most every day when you're working with the cloud, or would you say it's something else? Uh, I I would say that it's a very big one because if you're going to troubleshoot something, a lot of the times it's you have to figure out whether it's actually something with the cloud or you have to figure out whether it's an issue with at the OS level. So you have to have the ability to diagnose at which level of what you're working on is in trouble. So if it's just like maybe a simple server restart, it may be something on the OS level that's needed to be restarted. If it's something corrupt with some files on the OS, it's an OS problem. But it's you have to have the fluency to figure that out. So like I want you guys to hear that. Because what what you don't learn as you go through these um, cloud certifications is you don't learn those skills. The, these cloud certifications teach you how to use their services, and they assume you have the the prerequisite knowledge about Linux or about Microsoft Windows or Microsoft Server or databases that you can apply that knowledge to a cloud environment. So you got you have to keep that in mind. So as he's walking through these environments, he's having to learn additional things, rely on previous knowledge to complement his cloud knowledge. So you can't just expect to go out and get your AWS certification and be like, yeah, um, I'm going to start applying for jobs right now. It's it's a complementary certification right now. I would love for them to throw in a ton of Linux stuff in those certifications. Right. And, but there's so much in a cloud. It's too hard to there'd throw be, that kind of stuff in. too many in. things. Too, right. Way too many things. Um, so anyway, so that's, that's Linux. And by the way, we will do a Q&A after we've gone through these three skills you need. So if you want to pick someone's brain who's gone from <clears> zero. So how old are you, Cameron? You're... About to, I'm 22. 22, uh, which, idiot. He's, he's a <laughs> cloud engineer and he's 22. Um, so he he started from help desk, worked his way, or he started from a computer repair shop. Yeah, I was at a, just like a mom and pa computer repair shop. Worked his way to help desk, worked his way to network engineer, worked his way to cloud engineer. Working the politics, working the knowledge, working all kinds of stuff. It's amazing what he's done. So if you, you want to pick that brain, pick that brain. We'll, uh, we'll do it here in a bit. So let's go to... Skill number two of the three skills you need to complement your cloud skills. And as biased as it is for the name of the channel, I would say it's networking. Ooh, who would have saw that coming? <laughs> now, so why would you say networking is one of those skills you need when going to the cloud? Because no matter where you go, whether your networking's on-prem, whether it's all in the cloud, whether it's a hybrid, you can never avoid it. No matter what type of position you're in, you're always going to have to deal with the knowledge of knowing how to deal with security groups, firewalls, blocking things whether your connections go down, you have to understand like DNS, you're never gonna escape having to know some type of networking and just being basically fluent with it. Yeah, and like that's one of the things that actually helped you join the cloud team because you had that specialty where a lot of the cloud guys did not have that. Exactly. A lot of the people in his cloud team, he's told me this before, they are more, um, maybe have a Linux background, a sysadmin background or even a, a programming background. He brought the networking skills to that team. So he had a skill he could bring and add to it, and they needed it. They needed networking in the cloud. And like like he said, gosh, it's just on-prem up there. 
That's all yeah. it is. Um, sure, it's going to be a bit more gooey sometimes. Um, often it'll involve jumping into, what is it, Amazon? What, what's the command line they call it? Amazon CLI? It's just AWS CLI. AWS CLI. Um, it's just a lot of the same as what you'll see on-prem. And even like, you look at Cisco, you look at Juniper, all these things you have to learn on-prem, you can throw those appliances up there too. Yeah. So, And then you also will end up interfacing with on-prem environments as well. Um, what, what are those things called in uh, AWS where you have to connect things on-prem? It's like just VPN gateways? Uh, or direct Connect. Direct Connect. So you've, you've got things you have to interface. So um, you came from a networking background. So right. walk through real quick how you set yourself up for networking success and walked your way into the cloud. Yeah, so whenever I joined uh, the company I'm at now, I joined just a CCNA route switch, no idea what I was going to do when I got there, and I got thrust into the world of wireless, which I did not like, but <laughs> I, beggars can't be choosers. Who so. likes wireless out there? Let me know in the comments. Um, I know there's a few people. It's a special breed, kind of like phones, I, but yeah. I don't like wireless. <laughs> yeah, it just it wasn't for me. A lot of things didn't click with it, but I really had no choice, but it was a... It's a good room to grow. Good room to grow. Good to know about. Uh, but really, I really wanted to do a lot of routing and switching. So I did try to place myself into a lot of scenarios where I was involved with it. Uh, so I would bug like our higher up architects to be involved with our direct connect connections to the cloud. So I would try to figure out what our what was our topology there. I talked to people that manage our firewalls. I manage the, the interconnections of all that. So I tried to just initiate myself in those situations so that I would become more familiar with it. And if I was in some type of scenario where I had to speak to the people on the cloud team that I wanted to be on, I would have the knowledge of the networking infrastructure that goes up into that. And I thought that would be a valuable thing to them. And it turned out it was. Yeah, so that's what he, so, and kind of like an insight into how he made his way to the cloud and became that guy. Is he kind of, you know, you, you, you worked your way in there, man. Like you right. just, you figured out that they, knowing how their infrastructure and their company connect to the cloud and kind of being that front man. And you even became like the liaison between the networking team and the cloud team, right? For some things, yeah. I, I They would start coming to me for some more questions than usual because they knew that I was a little more familiar than most people on the network team or even going into that cloud team, they would still ask specific questions about the on-premises things that they wouldn't know from not coming from the networking team. So it, it kind of scratched each other's backs either way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so keep that in mind. Is um, and, I, and it doesn't have to be networking that you come from. It can be that you're, you're maybe a 365 engineer. I don't know, system engineer. You can take those skills and they will be ap applicable to the cloud in some way. Right. So find a way to find a connection. There is always a connection. Um, so we know how you got to networking, CCNA. Right. Would you recommend that being the same path for anyone else who's trying to bolster up their skills and, and become a cloud engineer like yourself? I, I think with the way that the CCNA has recently changed, I would say that it is a pretty good option uh, to be a lot more vendor, uh, vendor agnostic. So you, you have a lot of different things you learn from the CCNA now. It's not so just focused on Cisco, but it also is at the same time. But it's also a little bit more like the Network Plus in a sense, where you learn a lot of just the network basics and a little bit of focused on Cisco. Mm. Okay, cool, cool. So networking, if you want to check that out, I've got a free CCNA course going on right now, <laughs> so you can follow that. Of course, i got other resources as well. If you want to sign up for This Is IT, my membership with David Bomble, uh, we have just a ton of training in there, and it helps us do more of things like this, produce more free training on the uh, on YouTube. So yeah, check it out. Anyways, so that was skill number two. So we got, I know people are asking about it. Skill number one, no big surprise here, Linux. 
It's huge. It's everywhere. Skill number two, networking. And I guess you could say the social aspect of that, but really we're talking about the technical uh, aspect of it. Routers, switches, firewalls, knowing how that technology works, TCP IP, all that kind of stuff. Now, skill number three. Cameron, what would you say is skill number three? It would be Python slash coding because once you go in the cloud, everybody wants to automate anything that they do, whether it's just scripts you have on-prem or on other servers or whether you're using a lot of uh, serverless options like Lambda and AWS. That stuff is so heavy and so sought out for that that was another skill that I had to just buckle down and work on if I wanted to get on that cloud team. Because whenever I was like, hey, I want to be on the team, they're like, okay, can you code? And I was like, no. <laughs> and they were like, they're like, okay. they, were, they were like, all right, go figure out how to code. And I got okay at it. I'm not the best, but I guess no one really say that they're really great at it. But it's definitely something that you have to work at because it's very, very important. Because everybody, whether it's the managers or the higher ups, they want to automate everything. They want to make the workload on everyone as light as possible. Mm. Yeah, that's and that's true. I mean, um, I think there's a word for that, right? DevOps. DevOps. Just trying to just automate the yeah. junk out of everything, not to eliminate people's jobs, but to give people their life back a bit. Because I've been on uh, IT teams where it's been on me to make sure things are up, and that's the most stressful situation ever. So, automation, DevOps. You've heard those buzzwords before. It's really, really heavy in the cloud. Like really heavy. Extremely heavy. Um, so. We know that coding is important. How did you start learning coding? Uh, a lot of it was uh, just Googling. A, a lot of the, actually the first person before you ever actually had any interactions with him was David Bomble. I looked at a lot of his stuff for GNS3 and uh, setting up coding labs for like uh, network automation. That was the first thing that introduced me into network automation was David Bomble's videos. And uh, I started talking with another engineer that I worked with. He's actually a firewall guy at our company, and he uh, was very, very good coder. Shouldn't could have been a complete DevOps guy if he wanted to, but chose to do firewalls for some reason. But <laughs> uh, I started kind of shadowing him, and he taught me a lot. And then I was like, "Yeah, he's teaching me a bunch of stuff, a lot of like tips and tricks." But I really need to like learn it from the bottom up, and that's when I chose to uh, subscribe to Code Academy. Mm -hmm. And I think that they are extremely extremely good training for anything Python. They have a bunch of other courses. Like they have specialized courses like building a Python chatbot and oh, yeah. all, all, all kinds of really cool stuff. Um, but yeah, that, that would just be my recommendation for training because they take you through a bunch of labs, give you so much training that you're sick of how much you have, but you're going <laughs> to come out being an expert at it. Yeah, that's you know, I've talked about Code Academy here on this channel before. It's what I've used as well. It's one of those uh, learning platforms where it's very focused on hands-on. So they, they get you from the moment you open up their training, you're typing, you're coding immediately. And that's what I love. Um, and what I love about it too is, is you're going, like you're not just doing, you're not just learning Python for the sake of learning Python, you're actually doing things. It's through projects and stuff. Um, so to Cameron's point about they have different courses where they focus on like one thing, like building a chatbot, mm -hmm. which is awesome. I, I saw one they were, where they built a uh, Alexa. Bot and uh, they have. Cool she actually heard you. Dang it! She's so stinking good. Alexa, stop it! <laughs> Give them secrets away. Um, Amazon's listening to us. Uh, so yeah, Python's crazy important. I, w I would also recommend that you. Like I know Cameron, probably a lot of your learning you're doing now is more kind of like what you said with Linux. 
where it's hands-on day-to-day. It's right. Like you have to learn how that works because it's part of your job now. Right, exactly. Yeah, a lot of it now is coming in the form of uh, Lambda and AWS, which is their... Uh, they're, yeah, they're, what they're, is Lambda? Tell us what that is, because La- a lot of people have no idea what serverless means. Yeah, Lambda is uh, Amazon Web Services serverless compute. So in the old days, you'd have to spin up a server, and you would have to run a bunch of scripts on that server. And they have to run all the time. You have to pay for all the compute for that server, and it costs a lot more money than you actually want. Well, now you can just have things trigger a Lambda function. So you could have maybe a server goes down, and it'll send a, an event to your Lambda function. And your Lambda function can do all this stuff, open up a ticket, and do all kinds of alerting, and you don't even have to touch it. You don't have a server running, so it's way cheaper, way quicker, and it's really efficient. But the only caveat is just having to learn how to use it because it's not very simple. But once you get it, it's very nice. It's very intuitive. It's super extremely helpful. That was a great explanation. Yeah, like I know um, every cloud provider has their serverless options. Um, Azure has the same thing. Uh, the free version you might be familiar with is uh, IFTTT. Mm-hmm. I've been using that for years. Um, it's not as crazy at all as, as Lambda. Right. It's very much user-friendly or Zapier. You might have heard of Zapier. That's essentially the same idea. You don't have to install a Python stack on a Linux uh, server and run all your scripts there and have it tie like Cameron's mentioning. No, you you just kind of set up these like little tasks in a, on AWS and they run it for you. You don't you're not paying for a server. You're just kind of paying for Lambda. Like I don't know what the payment structure for Lambda is, but I'm sure it's like per it's, run or it's something. It's billed by like the millisecond. So if you have like you can adjust like how many uh, megabytes of storage or RAM you want it to utilize whenever it runs. Depending on how much you have there and how many milliseconds it runs is how it bills you. Mm, okay. So, gotcha. So we've named three skills so far that we believe you need to step into the cloud. You shouldn't even think about now, now I, I take it back. You should think about jumping into the cloud um, as soon as possible. You should try to apply for jobs if you have the AWS certifications or Azure or Google Cloud, whatever. But as you're going, as you're applying, as you're building up, apply those skills. Pick Linux, maybe focus on Linux one week. Python the next, networking the next. The beautiful part is often all those skills kind of intersect. You'll end up using them all three all at once, all the time. Um, now, I, I kind of want to go into the fringe because I saw someone mention this. Do you have any experience with Kubernetes at all? None. None, okay. None. So you wouldn't say it's super important for you right now in your job in the cloud? I wouldn't say it's necessarily something that I use, but I know it's something that is on the rise that Amazon's really pushing a lot of stuff with containers and Kubernetes because they have their own Kubernetes kind of service, which mm-hmm. is the uh, Elastic Kubernetes service, I believe what it's called. Like EKS or whatever it's called. Yeah, it's, e- yeah. it's EKS. So they're, mm-hmm. they have their own little flavors. I know they're really pushing for a lot of people to work with it. Uh, there's people at my company who use it. I don't necessarily know their use case, but I definitely know it's something that you should definitely look into more, but I don't understand a lot, enough of it to explain why you need to learn it right now. <laughs> <laughs> right now. Uh, video coming soon. No, it's it's kind of like one of those things like maybe five years ago when you were becoming a network engineer and you kept hearing like, hey, automation. Hey, Python, learn it. But it wasn't really essential that you learned it just yet. Right. Um, you, you couldn't use it in real life, but it's coming. It's out there. Now we're seeing automation come and it's here right. and it's, it's, it's in our jobs. Uh, if you don't know what Kubernetes is, it's basically, basically orchestrating containers. So I had a video where I talk about Docker containers, which is basically so much to explain right now in a live stream. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but it's basically a, a, a server that's running within a server. <clears throat> You're not having to dedicate an entire uh, server hardware to run this. It's kind of like virtual machines, but it's not. It runs and it virtualizes the operating system instead of physical hardware. But you'll have to watch the video to get more information than that. But Kubernetes is a big beast that kind of orchestrates all of that. Um, 
Now I wanted to pick your brain too. What other skills would you say that are kind of creeping up on you or that you had to, to, to develop as you were uh, getting into the cloud job? I mean, a lot of it uh, that I would say is um, just a, a lot of systems admin stuff because I didn't come from a systems admin background. And go, like, like you said, when you go into cloud, uh, you have to learn a lot of things on the spot. And one of those big things is systems administration because you have to know how to use Windows Server or know how to use Linux. So I, I think that's a pretty big one that I didn't ex didn't necessarily expect to work with as much as I do. Um, so that's definitely one that I would recommend you tackle before you actually become a cloud engineer. So it's a little bit easier when you come into it. Now, would you say that your um, your job in the in the cloud is more system admin heavy or networking heavy? It it, uh, it depends on the week. Uh, there's times whenever I work on a lot of networking, hmm. and times when I work on a lot of um, wind or systems administration. It just it's you got to know everything. <laughs> you you have to know a little bit of everything. So whenever he's saying like, whenever Chuck's saying you need to learn it right now, a lot of the times you got to learn it right now because someone <laughs> so, somebody may put in the ticket and saying Thank like, "Thank you, validation." You guys shut up. I can say it right now all I want. <laughs> so, so someone may go, "There is an issue with my." Kubernetes cluster, and I'm like, I've never used that before, and it's like, okay, I got to go learn it. Cause and then you Google how to learn Kubernetes right now, and here I am. <laughs> yeah, and this is not scripted. That's actually what I'm saying, because you actually, a lot of I've had to learn a lot of stuff on the spot, and it's uh, that's just being in the cloud. Things change every single day. You could tell someone last week that that particular thing you want to do with this load balancer isn't supported, and then next week it's supported. So it's you have to constantly keep yourself updated, pay attention to the releases, and just tackle it all as much as you can. Yeah, I'd say that it's um it's it's kind of funny how it's working now because uh, we, we've gone from like my, my career. I went from being a jack of all trades where I had to know a little bit of, of everything. So I learned system administration, I learned networking, never really touched scripting too much. Uh, and then I jumped into a job where it was more siloed, where I had like one skill, and I got paid for one skill. It was voice engineering, a little bit, little bit of networking. But now, when you look at the cloud, you're jack of all trades. You're having to do a little bit of like, I mean, in your team, like I'm sure you have guys who are specialized. Yeah, like they're we do. really good at their stuff. But often you're gonna get a task where it involves a little bit of everything, and you you do have a chance to reach out to that person and say, hey, of course. Uh, I don't know what this thing does. Can you tell me? Um, but the next time, you want to be able to do that. You don't have exactly. to keep bugging that guy. Yeah, and that, that's one of the good things about the team that I'm on, and I'm, I'm assuming this is most teams. They don't want someone to be so heavily specialized because that's what happened in my pr previous position was we had a lot of siloed sections of our teams where some people are really good at this, people are really good at this, and we didn't technically knowledge share a lot. But on the current team I'm on, they want everyone to be able to do everyone's job. Of course, there's people that are way better in their own little niches and everything, and they have like 10 years experience in it. <laughs> but in reality, they want everyone to be fluent enough to, I don't know, maybe jump on a critical incident call. And they want you to be able to solve that issue, no matter what it is. So it's, it's a lot of building, a lot of uh, knowledge sharing, a lot of documentation. So that's another one, documentation. <laughs> That's very important. <laughs> as much as you hate it, you have to do it. I'm making a promise to all of you. I will never make a video. You need to learn documentation right now because I'm not going to learn documentation right now. And I'll never tell you to learn something I'm not going to learn. <laughs> I hate it. I did have to, I did do it um, badly, <laughs> but I don't have to do it anymore. So I'll just have Cameron make a video on that because I, I can't do that. <laughs> but that, that is a really good one. Someone just mentioned um, with AWS, like direct connect is really big. 
Uh, but a service I introduced a couple of years ago that has uh, really taken everything by storm is definitely the transit gateway. And it simplifies a lot of the stuff, a lot of the network communication in the cloud. Uh, if you want to have an edge up coming into a cloud position from a network standpoint, I would definitely tackle a transit gateway because that's I would say that's a very big one that people are migrating to. So that's one thing too. I mean, like the cloud changes so freaking rapidly. There's a right. new service every week. It's not just like Cisco, like oh you get that software update. No, yeah, it's, VLAN doesn't break anymore. There's like new services added every time and your company do they adopt the services as they come on is it that rapid or are they because i know like with a lot of companies they're really reluctant to change like they're like okay right. there's a new change coming in we're not we're not gonna do that like that's not tried and tested but the cloud's a bit different right right uh as much so i don't want i don't I like to talk a lot about the company i work for like too in detail but i would say secrets but i i, I will say that my company is very um we really like the cloud we have we have a lot uh invested in it so we do really, uh, there's, there's specific services that I would say that we focus really heavy on. And we kind of, we were eating those new new updates every time they come in. But there's some stuff that we don't touch at all. So it's uh, just kind of depends where, kind of depends what company you're at. But I would say the one I'm at is very cloud heavy, uh, which is great for wanting to be a cloud engineer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I mean, you... Did you move to that company, and we can't name names, but did you move there thinking that you were going to become a cloud engineer? No. Okay. I was just curious if you strategically uh, moved there for that. No, but it was actually just the, the first company to reach out to me um, whenever I got my CCNA. So just looking for any networking position, and they happened to want someone with nothing. Just basically CCNA, nothing else. So I got very lucky with that. Which is strange. It might sound strange because we see a lot of jobs where, like, I want you to have 20,000 years experience in um, about 15 CCIEs. But a lot of companies, and I've been in that position before where I don't want a guy like that. I don't want a girl like that. I want someone who's fresh, who I can kind of mold into the engineer I want them to be. So don't don't get down on that kind of stuff. And no, Steve, I do not work for Planet Fitness. (laughs) (laughs) Thumbs up. He worked out at Planet Fitness, but didn't work for... Um, I got a super chat from Greg Laszlo. Thank you for the super chat, Greg. Um, says, hi, Chuck. Thank you for the career advice. Booked my A-plus exam and got an interview this Friday for tech support. Hope to get in the cloud one day. That's awesome, Greg. Congrats on that. Um, good luck on your A-plus and uh, good, good luck on that interview. A lot of stuff going on for you. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, let's see. I'm going to take that chat off real quick. And it's gone. So um, I want to ask you one more time. Any other uh, ancillary skills you might consider? to the cloud beyond versus Linux, networking, coding, or Python. What else would you add to that list? Uh, I don't know. Besides documentation. Besides documentation. <laughs> uh, that's a hard one to think about. Um, it's, it's just really being kind of, uh, you kind of learn that when you go through some of the certifications, like going through like the, uh, the solution to architect associate, uh, you kind of learn a little bit about a lot of things. Like you learn stuff about databases, which I had no idea. I didn't know so much about databases before I came into this position. <laughs> that it actually had, because I hated, I dreaded that section of that course. Uh, but you actually use it a lot more than you think you will, uh, because all that stuff's all in the cloud. You always got to mess with it. Uh, but as far as other things to think about. I can't, I can't really think anything I'm sure else. we'll have more as time goes by. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll probably have something um, new tomorrow. Uh, so I got a super chat from Kwai. He, he, has, he got a great question, actually, and I, I, wanna ask, I wanted to ask you this. 
Um, thank you for the super chat, Kawhi. And he says, should I learn Linux and Python before I start learning a cloud service? And which cloud service would you recommend? So I'm going to kind of shape this question into saying, do you wish you would have learned Linux, Python, net I mean, you're already networking. You wish you would have had those two skills before jumping into learning AWS? I, I, I would say so. Uh, it, it's, a, it's really helpful whenever you're learning something to know how it's used. So whenever you have an, like an actual example of how something is implemented, it, make, it has things make a lot more sense for you when you're learning maybe EC2, which is their compute, and you'll know like how Linux will operate and how Lambda, you'd learn more about Lambda. Like Lambda, you know how it'd operate better whenever you know about Python and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I, I would definitely recommend learn as much Linux and Python as you can before you go to a cloud position, but don't learn them by themselves. I, I would definitely mix it in with each other keep it complimentary. Yeah, to his point, like when I when I was learning Azure, uh, one thing I've always been weak on and never ever touched was databases. It's so foreign to me. Uh, but I found that as I was getting to the section talking about databases, I'm like, okay, I know how it works in theory, but I'm sitting here having to like lab this up and I have no idea what I'm doing. So I picked up a few database things. I, I learned a bit about databases so I could actually deploy it in the cloud and know how it actually functions. So I would say that as you're going through, I, I wouldn't say you have to like become a Python expert, become a Linux expert, get like all these certifications before you even touch cloud. I would say start right now. <laughs> um, and guys, when I say right now, I want to clear this up real quick. And I, I'll, I'll say that until people stop giving me crap for it. When I say right now, it's kind of tongue in cheek. It's like, it's just buzzwordy and it's kind of a meme at this point. But also for some of you, it's true. Like you need to learn that right now because maybe in your job, People need you to learn Linux, and they, that might be the difference between you keeping a job or getting that next raise or moving up or whatever. Right now could mean right now for you. Um, so to to kind of round this, bring, bring this together, I would say that as you approach cloud and how to learn all these complementary skills, when you hit something in AWS, let's say, for example, you don't know a lot about compute or virtual machines or anything like that, and you're hitting the point where you're learning about EC2 and AWS, maybe stop there for a second and go study virtual machines. Learn how virtualization works. Learn all that stuff and build up those skills. Find labs that are specific to AWS and working with virtual machines. Do the same with databases. Do the same with networking. Build up the skills as you're learning each, each section in those courses. Sure, you can go and pass AWS, uh, the AWS Solutions. <laughs> Solutions Architect Associate. <laughs> I, I will never ever get that right. They need to change their name. Um, sure, you can pass that by memorizing how to work through all these services and how and, and, and what button you have to click to make what work. But you want to actually learn how those are implemented in real life. You want to find real life examples. You want to work through those examples. That's what the different differentiator will be for you. Um, and then the last part of his question, which cloud service would you recommend? I mean, come on. You, we, you. We, 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 have, we have a rivalry here. <laughs> of course, I, I'm more familiar with Amazon, so I pick Amazon. But he's going to pick Azure, no matter what. Well, I mean, I did just put out an AWS course. I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. I don't have a preference because I, and this is what I always tell people when they ask me, okay, what, what cloud service should I choose? Which is the best? It doesn't matter which is the best. It doesn't matter at all. It matters, is someone in your area hiring for that cloud position? So right. what you should do right <clears throat> now, if you're looking at AWS or Azure, get on Indeed, get on Dice, get on one of those sites and Google and see which jobs are hiring <laughs> and for what uh, technology. Now, often, and I'm seeing this a lot, it's not just going to be one. They want you to know Azure and AWS, which is what you're encountering right now, right? You have to know a little bit of Azure right now. 
just a little bit. Just a little not, bit. Not, not too much. Not, not really for me right now. We have other people on our team that are kind of managing in a small Azure amount, like Azure uh, environment, but it hasn't really trickled over to me yet. So there's a possibility in the future I will have to learn it. Uh, and it is good to be multi-cloud fluent because that's just going to just add more, adds more to your resume. It doesn't hurt. So mm-hmm. it's, it's good to know. And uh, if you have to, like if you're looking for any jobs, you can be looking for cloud or Google Cloud, Amazon, Azure. doesn't matter which one. You don't have to pick a specific cloud um, path. It doesn't really matter. Often when someone's hiring for a cloud position, just knowing that you have experience in a cloud, if they know what they're talking about, they'll know that you can translate those skills to any other cloud. I can tell you from experience that as I learned Azure and I, I got my Azure certifications, as I'm stepping into AWS and I'm messing with AWS, the learning curve is not even there. It's easy. It's like, it's just a matter of uh, a lookup table. Okay, this is what Amazon calls it. Oh, and this is what Azure called it. I know what that is. They just call it something different. And then sure, there's, there's some nuances, but really it's just nuances. That's all it is. The technology, the underlying technology works the same. So you learn one cloud, you can step into another cloud pretty easy. Um, so yeah, you'll you'll win big. I know the only thing I, I I would say you probably wouldn't win real big with right now, and it might be a lack of ignorance with me, but I don't think Google Cloud is crazy big right now, at least in the in the Dallas area. Or am I wrong about that? Uh, I I don't really know. I've I've heard a lot of. Uh, I mean, if you look up a lot of the like highest paying IT certifications right now. A lot of the ones that I've seen is GCP, which is a Google Cloud professional. Well, then I stand corrected. Go get that certification <laughs> <laughs> right now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it, it doesn't really matter which cloud. They all have high-paying positions. It's really just whichever one whichever one matters to you. If you're at a company that's using Azure, or you're at a company that's using Google Cloud or AWS, you go for whatever that is. If the company that I was at right now was using Azure, I would have learned Azure. Mm-hmm. So, so it, just, it really depends on what you need to learn to get that position. Yeah, that's totally true. Um, and it's, I know people are like, okay, a- Amazon's the one to learn, clearly, because they're the biggest company. But it could be very different in your area. <laughs> At, right. Like, I was talking with um, Donald Robb, the packet thrower. He's based out of Canada. And no, I'm just kidding. I love Canada. <laughs> I love going up there. Uh, up there, I think GCP is bigger. Google Cloud is a bit bigger. Um, yeah, and also it depends on the presence of, yeah. of that particular provider. Uh, because, you know... Like AWS, they have a lot of regions all throughout the world, but there might be a region where they aren't present, but eight or uh, Microsoft might be. So they may not have the competition because they may be higher latency for that company to possibly use AWS over Azure. And then also pricing. Mm-hmm. AWS could have competitive pricing in a different region, whereas Azure may have better competitive pricing in a certain region. So it just, it's whatever company, whatever they're doing. Like if, you have, if they're doing only heavy database, database loads and those database loads are cheaper in Azure, and they are in NAWS, that's, that could be just a, a company preference. You never know what, what a company is going to use. And what he's talking about is a very popular thing we're going to see more and more of, and that's multi-cloud. Multi-cloud is becoming mm-hmm. a very, very popular thing. So where, what he's talking about, like you may be able to find a compute cheaper in Azure and for a certain region, and then compute cheaper in AWS and for another region, and you, you can mix and match. It doesn't matter. There's actually overlays. I think Cisco even has one where you can help manage your multi-cloud infrastructure. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a thing. So learning learning cloud, when I say learn cloud, I, I mean pick one and learn it well. So pick Azure, pick AWS. I don't care which one you pick. Just pick one. Uh, but just know that won't be the only one you learn. Take those skills and kind of like when I'm working with Azure, like I'll be honest, I do prefer Azure's interface. 
And probably because I, I came up with it, and that's what right, I learned. Right, it's the first one you learned. It's prettier. It is prettier. <laughs> a- AWS is like, it's like someone sucked <clears throat> the life out of it. It's like, why is it, there's so much white here? Where's all the color? You'll know if you look at the two. Uh, and then they're both free to start out with. So if you want to look at them both, look at them right now. Uh, but if you jump into both, and you can pretty much figure out how to work through them all. Um, I got a super chat from Sai. Thank you, Sai. It says, hey, I'm an entry-level engineer. If I get a job as a cloud engineer and networking engineer, which one would you recommend? Not really sure what you're asking here, but I'll try to answer it based on what I'm assuming you're asking. If I get a job as a cloud engineer, what? No. I was just, oh, you're pointing at something? Okay. No, I was just uh, Which one would you recommend? I mean, so I, I'm going to assume you're talking about networking engineer or cloud engineer. Which one would you recommend? <clears throat> I, Cameron, I mean, you, you went from network engineer to cloud engineer. What would you recommend? I mean, I would say that cloud would probably be your best bet as far as, as far as longevity in the workforce, because if networking is still your passion, uh, there's still a lot of companies that have just dedicated cloud networking people. So, but a lot of companies want you to learn all, everything. Some might be too big for that. They may, they may have such a big cloud environment. They need someone dedicated for cloud networking, but that just depends. But if you're running a position that's going to last a long time and is uh, new in the environment, I would definitely go with cloud over networking. Not to say anything wrong with networking, I just think that cloud has a has a longer shelf life. I, I would agree with that, um, and and that's and that goes to say like we, one of our top three skills was networking, so it's clearly still needed, and you'll find plenty of positions right now where you're going to be focusing on on-prem situations or maybe you're you're the networking guy who focuses on on-prem <clears throat> and the cloud you have that specialty so there what we're finding now and it's weird like not every job is going to be the exact same like i'm sure cameron what he does in his cloud engineering job now would be totally different at a, a different company oh, of course it'd be night and day because you were just telling me now like they have custom things they develop yeah they Co- have- companies make their own custom tools uh so i i could move somewhere else and i could i could there could be things that i thought were just native in the cloud but are actually things that they actually implement, they built and implemented themselves. I could go somewhere else and be like, man, I can't work without this. Uh, so it just, it, it, it just depends. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's getting hot, kind of hot in here. So we're fading. Um, Bart Chamness, great uh, mention. He says, you need a base. You need a base technology to kind of move to the cloud with. And I would agree with that. Um, it, it shouldn't stop you. Like if you're, if you're like just getting into IT, and you're like, what's my best path? Start learning the basics. You want to have foundation pick, networking pick, uh, Linux pick, all three, I would, or everything. But don't stop. Keep learning. Pick a cloud and start learning it as you're learning all these complementary skills. Um, what, what I often do is, and I do this all the time, is when I'm setting up a lab, even though I have servers on-prem in my house, sometimes it's just quicker to spin up a quick Linux or Windows box in the cloud to play with something. And right. I do that constantly. I'm just like, oh, bam, it's done. Play with it. I did that today in a video for my... Um, if you watched my video today where I talked about the new Kali Linux version uh, release, that was done in Azure. I, I spun up a quick a VM in Azure, did it real quick, shut it down, and I'm done. It cost me like 10 cents. Like That's amazing. Anyways. <laughs> one, one good question here is uh, asking about uh, cloud security. What's their name? Uh, Neve. How do you spell that? N-E-E-V. I'll find it. Oh, here we go. I'll throw it up there. Now it's up. Yeah, so so cloud security, I would say that's a very big one. We actually have an entire separate team dedicated to cloud security. Great question. And yeah. and, and even cloud DevSecOps. Like, <laughs> <laughs> can we add anything else to that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So 
security in the cloud is also huge and it's also a really big that, that, that okay if we had to ask that question you asked earlier about what are some other skills you need to know security is also important mm. because you could run into an issue with just some type of role that you have where you're like you want this particular server to talk to this server but the role that it is assigned can't do that so yeah i would say security is very important of course every cloud does security similar but a little bit different as well but uh Cloud security is definitely another big one. Uh, people with the um, the advanced security specialty in AWS can go out there and make some big bucks because a lot of people don't understand the security as well, very well at all. So it's def that's definitely a really big one. Security is always good. Yeah, that's kind of like the double-edged sword as we advance the technology and make things more accessible and easier to produce and implement. Uh, when that happens, security becomes more of a focus. I mean, you don't think hackers are looking at the cloud and, and targeting the cloud. The same vulnerabilities we have uh, on-prem will exist in the cloud in a lot of situations. I mean, if you have a weak password on your VM in the cloud, it's a weak password of the cloud. It doesn't matter right. where it's at. And uh, you better believe hackers are looking for vulnerabilities constantly. So having a solid security team uh, that's focusing on the cloud is a key. Um, if you're looking to be a pen tester and become a hacker eth ethically, learning how to penetrate and, and test against cloud is also a skill you want to learn. Yeah. Um, I've got a question from Ramon. Let me see if I can pull it up here. Yeah, there it is. It says, I, he cleared his AZ-104 last week. Congrats. That's the equivalent to AWS and that, that dumb name they have. <laughs> they need a number on their exam. Um, they do. I don't know what it is. It's <laughs> <laughs> he says, what should he do next? AWS or CCNA, CCMP? Any suggestions from your side would be really great. So what do you think, Cam? I, I, I think it really depends if you want what, what you want to do. If you're really wanting to go to the cloud, uh, I would either go deeper into Azure. Uh, I don't know if they have what specialties for Azure. Mm -hmm. Certainly do. I mean, you can go for whatever the higher level cert is for Azure. Um, <clears throat> you can attempt to diversify yourself and be a multi-cloud guy. Uh, but as long as you have like a, a good base in networking and uh, some of the other smaller skills, I would definitely say just just diversify yourself. Uh, make make leave your options open, especially if you're not already in a cloud position. Um, yeah, I would I would just just diversify. I, I would dabble in AWS. You don't even have to do the the architect associate. You could just do the cloud practitioner. Uh, just just to get mm -hmm. your just get your your hands dirty. And honestly, I think at this point, I mean, if you've got your AZ one hundred and four, and I don't know what other uh, skills you have behind that, I think now is the time to kind of buckle down and figure out what jobs in your area. Maybe do some job searches. Maybe go to a few interviews and target some situations, target job uh, job roles that you see. So I, what I used to do was my strategy is I would look for jobs in my area, look at the job description, see what they're looking for, and then make that my goal. That's how I determined if I was going to be a well-rounded person for that position, that kind of job. That's what I would do. Start looking at jobs and say, okay, they are looking for people with AZ-104, but they're also looking for CCNA with that. They're also looking for Linux. So that's the way you can build your skill set. But I always tell people this. When you get a certification like that, AZ-104, start applying now. People want these skills. I mean, the... You have to understand, these are skills that are hard to find. Um, right. we're, we don't have enough people that are skilled with the cloud right now. We just don't. Uh, so start applying now. Uh, I'm not saying you'll get a job overnight. Uh, you might have trouble. It might be really hard. I don't know. But start now. Start now. You'll learn something from it, and you'll learn better what to learn next. So we're, we're giving you general advice on how we feel about it, but you're 
where you're at, your positions that you're looking for may be completely different than what the advice we're giving you. So that's what I would go for. Maybe even like find a hiring manager in your area, network in the area, find out what people are looking for and talk to them. Um, anyways, I got a question from uh, William Murray. Actually, it's a super chat. Thank you, William. It says, Cameron, since moving into the cloud, what has been your favorite aspect of working in the cloud? Uh, I think my favorite thing about the cloud so far is that I don't have to travel anywhere <laughs> or deal with physical equipment. Everything is just there. And if it's something that I can't touch, all I have to do is call up Amazon and they can help me. But it's mm -hmm. it's it's the, the fact of not having to work with something physical, like a switch just can't die. Uh, and if, and if, a switch, <laughs> if, if a switch does die in the cloud or their equipment messes up, they have to fix it, not me. Also, and they probably have like 20,000 others that kind of replace it. So. Exactly. So it's <laughs> it's the 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 not physical aspect of it is really nice. Um, but I do really love the networking in the cloud. I, I come from a networking background, so of course I enjoy that. It's just the, the networking is very simple and very fun to work with uh, in the cloud as well, especially when you have a, a company that has invested very heavily into it and has a very advanced network. Uh, it's very fun to work with. I I want to agree with you on that or concur on that because there are so many times in my career where it was frustrating as you're troubleshooting issues, having to go from to, to different interfaces, logging into this this interface, this interface, going to this software program, this software program. It is a a load off your mind to know that everything is in one place. Mm -hmm. Or if you like fat finger a command, like if you're working with like a trunk and you're working with bad design, so you have a couple of daisy chain switches down there. And and if and if you fat finger like a switch port trunk add VLAN and or a switch port trunk VLAN instead of adding one, <laughs> and then you, then you just cut off the communication all the way across, and your heart stops, and and, you <laughs> and you're like you're like, I hope I hope someone's on site. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that was a frustrating thing. It's like, and I remember when I was an engineer, we had a bunch of remote sites, just a bunch of them, and when they go down, it was super frustrating because you'd have to like call them up and you think the person on site was technical no right. it was some branch manager who knew how to do real estate stuff but had no idea what a router looked like, like. they thought the router was the coffee machine yeah yeah and and they're flipping it off and it's getting hot and burning <laughs> they don't know what they're doing so uh, but they should make coffee right now uh however that was frustrating but there's such an, a, a a wonderful thing about having all your stuff right there knowing that if something's wrong well you have a portal to just reboot it right and watch it come back up or maybe copy it, back it up, and spin it up over here again. Like, there's, there's exactly. so many things you can do. The cloud's amazing. It really is amazing. And, like, um, uh, one good one good thing that I, I mess with a lot is maybe somebody screwed something up on a Linux server, and it's just, like... Toast. It, it's, it's toast. I can't really do anything with that particular uh, that storage device. I can just boot up another server and then just go and attach that to that server, fix it, reattach it and then turn the server back on and everything's good to go. Oh, isn't and that, that beautiful? And that, that, you, you couldn't, you couldn't do that back then. It'd be way too hard, but now mm. it's just like, now that's just a couple of clicks, a couple of commands and it's all fixed. It really does make our life easier. Um, I never had the opportunity to like work on the cloud in the field and use it day to day, but I can, I can see just the joy in your face. You can live <laughs> vicariously through. <laughs> yes. It sounds fun. There's a great comment right here from Joseph uh, Bonilla. He said, is it possible to uh, be a cloud engineer and work remotely? I'm doing pretty, it right now. Pretty easy question <laughs> to answer right there. Yes, currently doing it. It is the best way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> he highly encourages that. That's the way to do it. Um, I think I had a super chat here. I want to pull it up. Uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in tonight and the super chats. 
Um, there was one from Fahad, but he had no question, but thank you. And then Reginald gave me a chicken sticker, so thank you, Reginald. <laughs> Highly appreciated. Uh, let's see. Ethan has a question here. I'm going to pull up Ethan's chat here. There it is. He says, I want to thank you, Ethan, for the super chat. Do cloud engineers do more than deal with tickets? Of course. Uh, it, could, it could depend on where you are. Uh, you could go to a company that specifically puts you on an, in an ops platform or an ops position. Uh, but uh, for have, good for me, I work with ops sometimes and I work with engineering as well. So I get to build up new things as well as manage things that are already built. So that, that kind of depends on where you're going. Uh, but a lot of the cloud certs really set you up really well to do uh, architecture. So whenever, like when you go to the AWS side, you get the solutions architect associate. So they teach you a lot on how to build things in the cloud and also manage it at the same time. But they, they also have different certs that are more for managing it, which is like their, uh, their uh, sysops administrator, mm. which is more for troubleshooting in the cloud and gets a little bit deeper. But a lot of things on those overlap. And a lot of companies don't really care which one you have because of the super overlapping information. Yeah, and to that point, I think there are like um, help desk-like roles where you'll be troubleshooting cloud issues, especially as companies move more and more in their stuff to the cloud. There may be situations where the help desk is troubleshooting that kind of stuff, and the engineers like Cameron are doing more high-level stuff, and you have those tiers. Right. We'll see more and more of that. Yeah, because it's really easy now with all the increased security in the cloud to really segregate the the, uh, the level of access for anyone that's logging in. So we, we can give developers as much as access we want to give a developer or give someone as much as they need access for to just basically manage their servers. Uh, and then you have the cloud admins who can have all the access they want and then also still help those people whenever they have issues. Cool beans. I haven't said that in a while. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize for that because that's kind of nerdy. Um, I got a super chat from Marcos Julian. Um, he's got a question here. He says, I have, oh, and thank you, Marcos, for the super chat. So I have a CCNA and CCNA security. Rest in peace, CCNA security. <laughs> uh, I'm working supporting remote access and Pulse Secure, which I don't know what Pulse Secure is. I've never, I've heard, never of heard of Pulse Secure. Uh, what path do you recommend? And I'm assuming you're focusing on the cloud, maybe. Um, I would say if, if you're looking at getting in the cloud, go for AWS. Yeah. And go for it. I mean, why not? You've already got the networking background. You've got security background. I think CCNA security is great, a great amount of information to bring to the cloud. Um, when you're working with like basic level cloud stuff, you don't have to know a ton of security. Oh, if, 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 if you, even with security networking, if you come in with a CCNA to any cloud uh, certification, you're going to blow away any type of networking questions. That, oh, that, that, yeah. that, that was like the... I don't. I don't think it was possible for me to get one question wrong <laughs> on, on the networking part of my tests. It, yeah. it was. It was way, way too basic. Yes, I would say. Yeah, the the path I would say for you. And again, it depends on where you're at, um, what what company you're working for. Like, if you're in a job now to where uh, maybe your job isn't your company doesn't have anything in the cloud at all, that might be a bad decision for you. Maybe look at what your company has. What um, what the higher level engineers are using, and make your way up there. But if you're like seeing a dead end here, there's no opportunity for you, start looking elsewhere, start looking at what other companies are looking for. If it's cloud, see if they're wanting to bring on a CCNA who might want to learn some cloud. Do that. Um, and feel free to pick any chats if you see them come up. I do like the, it's a super chat, so whenever he, whenever you want to do that one. What's his name? Uh, I'll pass it up. Uh, Justin. Justin. I'll throw up Justin's chat right now. Thank you, Justin, for the super chat. And uh, you can go ahead and read it because I can't find it right now. 
Justin asked, uh, he, he just said, I recently passed my SAA-CO2, which I believe is the solution to Arctic Associate. I also have my CCMP Enterprise slash security. Should I target the network specialty cert or solutions architect professional? Uh, so mm. that that really depends on, wh- on what you really want to do. I know that as far as the uh, certs and AWS are, I know that those two certs are neck and neck on difficulty. So if you really want to put in the time to go for the networking specialty, I've heard it's just a little bit harder than the architect professional. But I know if you get the architect professional, that really puts you out there to all of the AWS cloud positions. Whereas if you were to get the networking specialty, mm-hmm. of course, it'd be more of a network heavy thing. But I know that you would be, people will be coming to pick you up at your house to give you a job if you had an architect <laughs> professional. Because that, that, that's still a cert that not a lot of people have. So then why don't you have it, Cameron? Because it's very hard. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I can't really add much to that because Cameron's got the, the expertise on that. Um, they both sound great. But knowing that you have a CCMP enterprise and security, you definitely have a bent towards uh, networking. If you're, you're in a position right. where you're using networking and cloud stuff, it might help you out a lot to get the networking specialty. Nothing stopping you from getting both. Yeah, go, go get both. If you can get both, you are the unicorn. Because <laughs> because uh, th- those are some those are some really really rare certs right there. But I know that there's not a lot of people with the advanced networking specialty. That's a very very rare one. I I haven't I've met one person with it. So uh, if you want to go network heavy and you have a company that needs it, go for it. If you're still trying to get into the cloud, uh, you could go the architect professional route because you can't go wrong. You really can't go wrong with either. Depends what you want to do. And keep in mind too, and this is the other thing. In again, we're we we don't know what position you currently have and what you're currently doing. Right. But don't get too certified. Don't get too cert heavy. That's a red flag. Right. Don't want to do that. So if you if you already have your AWS SAA C02, the current version, <laughs> uh, then and, and you don't have a cloud position, then I would just focus on applying for places, figuring how to work that networking, how right. the social networking, and how to get that job. Um, I have a super chat from their name is Panda. Panda face. It's a, it's a drawing. Um, I don't know how to say it. Uh, they said, when is the best time to start all these courses to CCNA? They are 17 from the UK and don't know if they should wait until they finish college course or start now. Uh, now you're talking to oh, two guys. Hold on. <laughs> now. <laughs> right now. <laughs> um, so you're talking to guys here who did not go to college, did not get a right. degree, but I know it's different in the UK. Uh, the environment's a bit different. So I can't speak to that completely. And I, I know America and the UK are more similar than most places. So I, it may be that you don't need a degree in the UK, but I'm not telling you that to quit college. Like don't, don't do not take that advice. Do both. Yeah. Do both. Um, I, I'll say this. You, you can burn out real quick if you try to do college and get your CCNA at the same time. That sucks. That sucks. What I will say is if you're in a degree program that doesn't have the CCNA as part of that, you're in the wrong program. If your goal is to go down the network engineer path or IT path and your your degree does not include the certifications, pick something else. Because that's the only degree path I can really recommend to people right now. Uh, places like WGU and others have the CCNA as part of their curriculum. When you pass a class, or I think it's a whole section of classes, your final exam is the CCNA certification exam. So you walk away with a degree and a butt ton of certifications. That's the best case scenario. So no, I would never advice you burning yourself out, trying to complete right. all these 
college courses like networking 101 i mean maybe if you're doing networking 101 you can kind of piggyback ccna on that because we'll be learning the same stuff but man do not kill yourself pick one or the other or find a degree program that does both ideal ideal anyways and you're 17 you got time i mean cameron you didn't start till you're what 18 so uh, yeah i got my i got my a plus at 18 so they're way ahead of you yeah you got a year <laughs> <laughs> you can do a lot in a year you can um, uh, oh, there was a, another question I wanted to get on to. Trevor M. had a super chat. Let me pull it up. Thank you, Trevor. He also said, WGU. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't. I went there for a bit, didn't finish, because I didn't need it. It was more of a want I wanted. Uh, anyways, he's got a super chat. said, are there teams that only do cloud migrations? Do you know about that? There, uh, a lot with us was uh, we actually didn't have the, 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 the time to do all those cloud migrations. Uh, so a lot of companies I know are hiring third parties that are very good at doing that. Companies like HCL or Accenture, where you hire those companies and they'll bring in a lot of their experts that are really good at migrating applications and servers and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so yeah, if you want to go work for them, I'm not. I'm, I'm more of a person that doesn't want to work on the contract side. Uh, so that wouldn't be something that I would go for. Uh, but if that's something you're into, you want to work on new things every single day, quick and fast, mm-hmm. and then, then move to another project and work on something new every day, quick and fast. Yeah, and that's for you. I like to be on like an environment that I know and like to work on that constantly. And I, we are obviously related because I'm the same way. Um, I worked on the MSP side and it was the, not my cup of tea. I hated it. Uh, but yeah, there are there are definitely places where if you're if you're working for an MSP and they have a cloud focus, <clears throat> man, do companies need people to help them move to the cloud? Right. It's not an easy task. It's not, um, especially if you don't understand the cloud or understand how your workflow on prem will look in the cloud and how to not break because the cloud can be expensive if you don't play it smart. You maybe shouldn't move everything to the cloud. So yeah, there are definitely teams that do that, and you can. It might even be great as a first job because you'll learn so yeah. much. Learn so you'll learn a lot. It'll be overwhelming. And then you can use that experience and go find a nice cushy desk job that's supporting one environment. <laughs> that's where you want to be. Um, I got a super chat from Bree Deshaun. I want to show it, uh, throw it up here real quick. Thank you for the super chat. They said, I have a plus and Linux essentials search right now, and I'm taking my network plus on Thursday. What should I focus on after security plus? So Bree's getting a great foundation, and I love that. Yeah, A plus Linux, Security plus, Network plus. You're getting the 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 CompTIA. Uh, how many searches is that? The, just the CompTIA base. The CompTIA it's, it's, specialty. Yeah. I mean, I would definitely say that out of all the searches that I've had, the one that's made me very uh, well covered in a lot of things, just knowing it. Period was definitely the A plus, and I know mm. that since I've taken it, I think it's been. I think it's been two revisions since I've taken it. And since I've taken it, I think... <laughs> I think it's four for you. It's been a lot. So, so I think it's been two revisions since I've taken it. But that still gave me a lot of just keywords and small things that really prepared me for uh, working with... Even with things in the cloud. They were things I didn't understand if I wouldn't have known anything about the A+. It even helped going into my CCNA as well because you learn just basic networking. Mm-hmm. So they, they've, they're getting their network plus and then they're gonna get on Thursday, so good luck. And then they're gonna focus on the security plus and then after that, what should they do? do you, I mean, I think with that foundation, they have enough to jump into AWS, wouldn't you say? Oh yeah, totally. You could, if, if that's what you wanna do, you could totally jump into that. If you wanna go systems administration, you have enough for that as well. But if you're looking for a very cloud heavy uh, career, you could really jump into any cloud you want and just start going with it. Cause you'll, you'll have a big, um, 
prerequisite buildup of whatever you need to learn to do the cloud. Now, I will say this. I mean, Cameron walked into the cloud with the CCNA and some experience in network engineering, and that really served him well. Yeah. You're, you're going to be walking to the cloud with a good foundation of understanding the theory of all those things, but those certifications, while they're great, they don't go deep into hands-on. So mm. I'll say that while you have a great theory understanding, as you walk into the cloud, you'll be able to tackle those things and have a better understanding than most people. The hands-on experience you'll want to bring into the cloud as you go into a real job well, might, might be lacking. So as you step into learning the cloud, you may want to also at the same time, when you finish AWS, maybe jump over to CCNA if you find you love the networking side. Maybe jump over to um, a Red Hat certification, the, RHC, the RHCSA. Um, spend some time learning Python. So just keep building up those skills as you see where you're weakest. I mean, it's kind of like it's kind of like going to the gym, right? I mean, if you right. fi find that you've been working out your left arm too much and it's massive <laughs> and your arm over here just kind of wiggling in the wind, um, you might want to work that side out too. So just do the measurements. Figure out where you're at each day. Do do the kind of uh, test for yourself. Um, but adding on to that, the one last thing I would get is some coding. Doesn't matter what you do. A lot, a lot of people like to use Python. I know a guy that does all of his coding in the cloud using PowerShell in, in AWS. <laughs> I love that. Because <laughs> if, if something doesn't work, <laughs> he figures out how to make it work. <laughs> so That is fantastic. So it just, you do what you want. They support a lot of languages to use for like serverless or they have different libraries you can use. Like for Python, you have like Boto3, which is their uh, actual Python library for, in for interfacing with AWS. Uh, so coding for sure, I would... Uh, I would definitely do that uh, I, on, as that, complimentary. That goes to, to, to any IT role you have right now, wherever. Right. If you're on a help desk, you can make yourself shine like a diamond right now. Sorry for the old reference. I've been listening to the 2010s uh, playlist on Spotify. <laughs> um, but you can shine bright if you have coding skills. And you're kind of like, there's a guy I worked with who, he was on the help desk, but he would just figure out coding and kind of like automate part of his job to where he was sometimes just sitting there doing nothing, but his computer was doing a lot of stuff. Smart dude, and that that showed. He got promotions. He did. Um, we got another super chat here. I lost it. I'm gonna find it now. And it's a, it was a question I was about to ask you, so I, I love that it uh, timed up nice. It's from Eddie. Oh, I typed in edit. <laughs> Eddie, where'd he go? There he is. Okay. He says, not sure if it was mentioned, but what resources do you recommend to get started in AWS if I'm new to cloud? So I'm gonna form that question into saying, Cameron. Someone new to cloud, would you say AWS Cloud Essentials or the AWS SAA C02534343259? I, it really just depends on how much you want to jump into it. If you really just want to get your hands just a little dirty, uh, you could do whatever Essentials or Cloud Practitioner. You can always just go and spin up a free account whenever you want and mess around with it. As long as you stay within the free tier, they won't charge you any money. Uh, there's really no penalty there. It just really depends on how much you want to get into it. There's people that have, like I didn't do the cloud practitioner. Uh, I jumped straight from no cloud to solutions architect. So it just depends on how, how you want to approach it. If you think you need a little bit more practice before you go into that, that's fine. You can easily do the essentials or the cloud practitioner. Yeah, I would say if you're if you're brand new to cloud, that's probably the path I take. Um, I wasn't crazy new to IT, obviously, when I started doing the cloud stuff. Um, but I did do AZ900, which is their Azure's Cloud Essentials. And then I jumped into AZ103, which is now 104. And it, it did help me out a lot because I already knew the terms. I already knew the basic stuff that I could jump into. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, good, uh, it's a good primer, I think. And maybe it's even a good test to see if you like cloud stuff. Uh, you don't get a ton of hands-on, but you will get a ton of uh, theory and knowledge about what the cloud entails. Um, so I hope that answers your question. So I would say, I mean, 
we're thinking about doing a cloud or AWS Cloud Essentials uh, course. So right. do that one first because <laughs> we're going to make it for you. I, I do like this one. Uh, I think it's from Adin, A-D-I-N. A-D-I-N. Um, he said, hey, Chuck, something off topic. Is that a MacBook you're using? What are your thoughts uh, using Windows versus Mac OS for sysadmin, networking, etc.? <laughs> that really depends on your preference. My entire cloud team uses MacBooks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the networking team I was on before, all Windows. It just really depends on whatever your team wants or whatever you prefer. Because now I prefer Mac because of uh, how easy it is to log into servers, like Linux servers and uh, coding type stuff. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I prefer Mac OS and Linux for coding. Uh, but I'm more familiar with Windows because that's what I grew up on. I can tell you this, man. I, I was the same way. So like my, my previous networking team, it was a mix. Uh, if, if you were new to the team, you get a, a Windows machine. <laughs> crappy <laughs> HP laptop. The $500 one that they yeah. They're like, order oh, yeah, mass. <laughs> procurement gets you this crappy piece of junk and is a paperweight. And if you were on the team for a while, you could ask for a MacBook. So half the team would have MacBooks. If they'd been there for a while, half would have crappy uh, computers. Uh, I finally got a MacBook. It was amazing. Uh, so it doesn't matter, really. They, they, both of them can do everything. But right. I will say this. I use my MacBook for stuff like this. It's my carry-around thing. My day-to-day, this bad boy right here, my Windows machine, with what Windows is doing now with Windows 10 and how they're doing um, WSL2, which allows you to run uh, Linux apps natively. They have a kernel built in now. So I'm running Kali Linux full GUI. I just posted that video today, and it's super easy to do. Uh, Linux, uh, uh, Windows has Windows Terminal now. They have PowerShell. They have all these things that make it seem very, very Mac-ish, Linux-ish. That makes it really easy for a programmer, a coder, a sysadmin to walk into that world. So to Cameron's point, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Whatever your it's preference whatever is. whatever you want. I mean, yeah. same with that one guy who's really good with PowerShell. He has a Mac and just virtualizes Windows and works on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it really, whatever your favorite flavor is, whatever you learned and you're really good at, Go with that, man. It's, it's whatever you work the best with. There's not really there's not really one that's the best. It's whatever works best for you. Now I've got a random, completely random question here. And I want to pull it up. It's a super chat, and it looks fun. They said, uh, it's Hammer Smash. Hammer with a three. They said, I am pen testing an internal network right now. <laughs> I, I am on a host on the network. What else should I scan and look for? <laughs> so we're helping them scan this right now. Uh, I would say what you should look for is open ports. Get that nmap out and scan for open ports. Um, use nmap to scan for, uh, use the scripting engine to find out if there's any vulnerabilities. You can have a, a vulnerability database check and see if there's any open vulnerabilities on whatever system you're using. It'll find out what apps are open, what ports are open. Do that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care when you got anything on that. I don't really do pen testing, so I don't really know. <laughs> yeah, look for open ports, see what you can exploit. Check, uh, check their SSL. Do they have an old TLS? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then that's where Nmap will shine. Tools like Nmap will find those vulnerabilities. I'll see if there's like a heart bleed issue, if they're still running that old SSH and SSL kind of stuff. Um, yeah, we can't really give you much more information without you giving us more information. <laughs> <laughs> this, one, this one guy said, he goes, he says, I do my work off a of Raspberry Pi. Or I do my job with a Raspberry Pi. And you can do that? I mean, <laughs> you could if you want. They got you got 4 gigs of RAM now on no, a Raspberry. Eight, 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 eight gigs, gigs on a Raspberry RAM. Pi. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. You take it wherever you want and plug it in. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And you can probably just like attach like a, a little external battery to it and you can mm-hmm. take it wherever you want. Uh, you can you can attach USB battery packs to it. Yeah. Um got a super chat from Bread Baker. Uh you, you like bread? I like bread. <laughs> uh so just signed up for Plural site. What five certainly 
or I guess what five courses should I start with? Thank you. Getting a little greedy, aren't we? Asking for five courses that's right a, that's now. That's a lot. We'll give you three: Linux, Python, and networking. <laughs> <laughs> um, it depends on where you're at. Um, if you're just starting in IT and you just got your Pluralsight thing, and you're like, "What do I do?" Um, first, I was I would I would cancel Pluralsight and go sign up for This Is IT. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Pluralsight's awesome. Um, I don't care what, what if if you were starting out right now and you were brand new, fresh. You had this massive library to learn from. What would you start with? I, I would I would still start with A plus every day. As, as, as much as it, as much as it sucked to watch something so dry to learn it from the beginning, I feel like it's helped me amazingly through a lot of uh, a lot of different issues. Like, I, I don't have any types of uh, Windows systems administration background from from before I was doing cloud, but I learned just a lot of the in depth Windows things from the A plus. That has really helped. Uh, you, you learn just a lot of deep stuff about random things, little stuff about a lot of things. Like, don't walk on the carpet and get the electrostatic <laughs> shock. Yeah, don't, <laughs> don't install RAM with socks on. Like, just don't do that because <laughs> it'll die. Some comes in handy and some you forget. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. I'm like, I built this bad boy last year. You better believe I was relying on my knowledge I learned from Mike Myers in my A-plus course back in 2009. <laughs> um, it all comes in handy. But, yeah, I would say A-plus dead like that, that's what you should do always a good beginning and then coding start coding now yeah start coding now you can never you never code too early uh just find something find something, find something stupid to to code for you have to coding's more fun when you find something to code for mm-hmm. uh i wanted to buy something from ubiquity and it was out of stock and i didn't know when it was going to come back in stock <laughs> so I, I remember that so i put a script <laughs> on my raspberry pi that would constantly check and inspect the elements on the website to tell me whenever it switched back to in stock, and they would email me. Mm-hmm. So you you got to find something that uh, works for you. Build your build a Flask website for your home, and do some home automation like you did with his Halloween stuff. Yeah, I had a Raspberry Pi and, and my Halloween automation stuff, and I had all kinds of things going on. Um, what else did I do? I did some stuff with uh, my YouTube stats and telling me all my stats. Uh, yeah, just find projects that interest you. And uh, trust me, someone's already done it. You just have to kind of yeah. find it, yeah. find the, the project and and do your own thing with it. Well, that's what we should write down. Some, one of the best skills you can learn is how to Google. <laughs> how to Google. That's Man, that's one of the best skills you can learn. Um, got a super chat from Travers. He says, uh, where do you go? I'm currently studying for my Network Plus as well as being a full-time networking student. Love the channel, Chuck. Thank you, Travers. That's an easy question to answer because it's not a question. Um, we got a super chat from Vigil. Or Vigil. I don't know. Thank you for the super chat. And he says, just started as a NOC tech, got my CCNA and Bachelor in Information Systems earlier this year. Will AWS help me get a cloud position? I live near D.C. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, th- I think so. You, you, Similar to Cameron, you come in with that networking knowledge. You're working for a NOC. Um, I... A lot of knocks probably interface with the cloud in some way. They might have clients that they help with the cloud. Right. You might be monitoring a circuit that is actually an Amazon Web Services Direct Connect. Mm-hmm. You, you, you may never know. Or Azure Express Route. You may, you may never know what you're monitoring. I guarantee you, your clients who are in that data center have connections to the cloud. They're, they're clients of the cloud. So you might find yourself, they're calling you hands-on support. I need to go reboot the server and there might be another issue. Like You never know what you find yourself into. But yeah, you live in D.C., um, I'm assuming they have a lot of cloud there. <laughs> Just assuming. And yeah, I, I think that would be a, a great situation for you. Rajan, what happens when you're not finished writing the script and the item is back in stock? Then I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I like that a lot. 
<laughs> the world will never know. Um, I guess I'll know when I finish the script, won't I? <laughs> so I think that was all the super chats, and we're coming up on like an hour and a half of talking, and we're almost dead. And he just worked out before this because he did. works at Planet Fitness. <laughs> just works out at Planet Fitness. Works out at Planet Fitness. Um, yeah, we're, we're going to call it a night. Uh, any more questions, we'll come back and do this again because I know you guys like having Cameron on here. So thank you, Cameron, for being here. Yep. Um, I hope you got all your cloud questions answered. Again, those three things you want to learn for the cloud to supplement what you're doing with AWS or Azure or Google Cloud, whatever. Linux, networking, coding. It could be Python. It could be PowerShell. It could be Bash scripting. Like, it, whatever you can learn, it's going to aid you. Because like, like, like what you said, um, AWS has these modules, all these frameworks right. that just connect into whatever you want to use. Yeah. So if it's, and then they're so easy to learn. People have done videos. The amount of documentation for them is too much. It's almost hard to read sometimes. <laughs> but they do, it, it, I bet you bet all the club providers like say document everything. So let's go out there and learn. Go out there and learn. So learn everything right now. Um, if you haven't already seen that I released it, released, I'm losing my mind right now. I can't talk. I released a AWS course with Anthony Sequera and David Bomble. Check that out below. It's only $10 right now. So check that out. And then do you think me and Cameron should make a, a AWS course? We've been thinking about doing a cloud practitioner course. So yeah, let us know. Let us know. We'll catch you guys later.
Alright, like any good Marvel movie, we're back. We're giving away some free coffee. Go away, child. We're not done yet. <laughs> so, I'm giving away some coffee. Um, here is the website. Get your cart ready, because the first person who uses this gift card code, 20 bucks, it goes fast. I'm telling you. Here we go. Thanks for sticking around, guys. Here's the code coming at you. You gotta be quick, man. Hope you had your coffee before this. Uh-huh. <laughs> Three, two, one. It's there. Use that code. Twenty bucks. If if it only says three dollars left, that means you missed it. <laughs> so, so that's it, guys. Anyways, real time. Saying goodbye. Goodbye. Good night. Later, guys.